This episode is sponsored by Linode. Do you need a Linux server for your latest creation? Then check them out. They provide native SSD storage, 200 gigabit per second network connections, Intel E5 processors, and top of the line hardware to run your servers on. It deploys Linux in seconds from a Linode cloud and you can choose your Linux distribution and node location right from the manager. They have locations in Asia, North America, and Europe and a sweet set of tools to make it easy to manage it. If the web interface isn't your thing, they also have an API and a command line. They also provide two-factor authentication, IPv6, DNS manager, plumbing, scaling, and everything else you would want. So get the most out of your Linux node by checking them out at linode.com or devchat.tv slash linode. Hello and welcome to React Native Radio, episode 82. I'm your host, Nader Dabit. Today on our panel, we have Mike Grabowski of callstack.io. Hello, everyone. And our special guest today is Mike Hujak, also from callstack.io. Welcome to uh, the show, Mike. Hello. Yeah, definitely uh, really good to have you on. It's uh, a topic that we re have really been wanting to cover for a while now, and that topic is uh, universal applications. And I know that you've been kind of doing a lot of stuff in this space. I saw that uh, you had a really good talk not too long ago, and I downloaded the slides, and I'm actually writing a blog post kind of based on some of your the, the information you gave in those slides, and I really you know got a lot out of it. But um, yeah, so the topic today is going to be basically universal applications. So we're really looking forward okay. to having you on and talking about that. <laughs> I'm looking forward for it too. So sure. can you give us like a quick introduction of uh, what you do right now as far as uh, your day-to-day -day job and how you work with React Native? Yeah, um, so basically I'm a full-stack developer focusing now mainly on React Native because uh, I just finished some uh, cr cross-platform application. But in my previous uh, project, I was like focusing more on uh, creating reusable components between web and uh, native and, and yeah, just uh, optimization of uh, the pro productivity and uh, uh, actually code, uh, which I'm, I'm uh, developing that, uh, you know, to make it as reusable as possible between, between the platforms. Uh, so I think uh, it will be like really good to talk about it, uh, given that today's topic is, is Universal React. So can you kind of give a quick overview about what Universal React is, if uh, someone might be listening and they don't really know, know of the concept or kind of like okay. what that means? Mm -hmm. So uh, what I think Universal React is, is um, the creation of uh, some components or some logic or any other thing that can be reused between the web and mobile uh, versions of, of React. Uh, there are many libraries which uh, can help you achieve it, and um, basically that's it. Yeah. So um, I guess just to start the conversation off in general, what kind of um, customers or what kind of people in general, I guess, are looking for this type of application, and is it kind of a real viable solution? Because I know for a long time, you know, there's always been this discussion of sharing code across you know, the web and, um, and on native, or, or when I say a long time, you know, I, I'm, I'm really kind of speaking back to the Cordova days, and now we're here with React Native, and, and, and we're talking about um, a similar paradigm, but a different platform. But how realistic is it to actually kind of ship an application that does this? Yeah, uh, so 
It's quite realistic, uh, but you have to remember the differences between the platforms and uh, try not to create the universal code base for any platform which we should target. So you cannot create 100% reusable code between the web and mobile, uh, but, but you can share something. Yeah? So if it's 50% or 20% or 80, it all depends on the project. And for and uh, on requirements which are uh, provided by the client. Yeah, as, as far as as far as clients, uh, like from 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 our company experience, I think that you know the 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 the, the inquiries that we've been getting so far were were actually from all different sort of companies. Mm -hmm. Like for example, startups that were you know talking to us, they had yeah. pretty much nothing. Mm -hmm. Like they 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 just had like idea so mm -hmm. we we had a lot of freedom right to that um, to that but also the larger companies are yes. investing uh, their resources in uh, into this kind of projects so yeah so for for larger companies that's way more interesting because you have the the legacy code and some js yeah, code yeah, base yeah. and you have exactly to you have to think out. about the way to migrate it yeah. uh, somehow yeah so if someone wanted to kind of uh, get started doing, you know, doing this, what would they need to do? Do they need to just kick off like a React Native app or would they start with like create React app or like what, what would that look like, I guess? Mm -hmm. So uh, during uh, one of my workshop, uh, I was uh, showing the setup of, of this kind of application. So we went using just React Native init and create React uh, Native app. Uh, then we was replacing the uh, React Native Metro bundler with with Hall and tried to reuse also some uh, Webpack configurations. So this this is basically what we do at the beginning, and then we have this kind of boilerplate to to work on to extend your application. So is the application, uh, the React Native app and the Create React app, they're both in like the same folder or are they in like separate folders or how does that kind of look? Now, actually, uh, we had this structure of Android, iOS and web folders, which contains the platform uh, specific files like in React Native, but with addition of the web folder and also the SRC folder, which uh, contains the uh, shared logic or in a different kind of approach. We have the shared fol folder with uh, the application uh, with the components which can be reused and in web and native uh, folders we have um, React Native and React application just taking out some parts of the code from the shared folder. So. It's it depends on the project and what, what exactly we we want to achieve. So, so in the beginning you said about you know the the reusable code and and the fact that you can actually write universal code that that is one hundred percent on all the platforms. So could you kind of go a bit deeper into that topic uh, because you you know I feel like with the with the universal React code there is that that danger of creating something that looks bad. On Windows, on, on Android and iOS, and all the other platforms, right? Because, like, what can I do to share my code max, like as much as possible, and yet at the same time make it look, uh, let's say, okay for 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 the platform? Yeah, 
Okay, so uh, starting from the platform differences, even in React Native itself, you have Android and iOS and the platforms are way different. And sometimes you have to create the Android or iOS file uh, or just have the different approach for some some component mm -hmm. or some part of the code. Uh, when web actually uh, joins the, this kind of stack, uh, you have way different environment there. Uh, everything is different in browser than it is in React Native. And uh, the goal is to rather follow uh, the platform patterns. And if you can come up with something with the similar uh, API, uh, for, for with the same API actually for any platform, then, then you are creating universal component. And it doesn't matter if if, in example, it's uh, this, exactly the same code, or if it's uh, like one component in three different files with different extensions. Uh, but for me, in example, universal component is uh, something with, which contains the same API uh, for any platforms and results in similar look. Uh, so that, that's the thing. Um, and But as I said, sometimes maybe it's worth not to do this and rather think if if it's if it's achievable on on uh, the free platforms or or no if not then try not to force it and that, that's my advice okay and in terms of you know the the, the things that you sh shouldn't do um are there any things that from your experience ended up being like Bad choices for for reusing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, hmm. Hmm. Or maybe what did you decide to skip? Okay, uh, not to rewrite. Yeah. Basically, uh, some kind of components uh, went like looking way different in uh, the web and in in uh, mobile. But for, from the coding side, you know, mm -hmm. uh, because we've seen some view, it was like a bit, a bit uh, similar. Then we were thinking if if uh, we should create a universal component for that, and it turned out that that no, we shouldn't. So so we kept it in in the platform specific uh, yeah, versions. So. Mm, yeah, I don't know if it, if there is something that I can say. No, never do that. Uh, rather think about it and do it smart. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. So one more question that I have is about about the the, the navigation, of course. Uh -huh. So so with the navigation, uh, there are there there is React navigation, of course. Mm -hmm. That is a JS solution and has. Uh, the web and and mobile versions, uh, as well as React Router, that that is that can be run on on, yeah. on on mobile. So, would you suggest rather going with this sort of universal navigation library, or maybe to kind of make these two separate and go with like I don't know, maybe native navigation on mobile and and, and something that works yeah. perfect on web? Okay, that, that's a good question because uh, like. I didn't want to say that uh, no, never uh, do the same navigation for web and mobile because I prefer the na native navigation on, on React Native and using some navigation library, whichever you want for web. Mm -hmm. um, 
than going for the React navigation and having the same API everywhere because, in my opinion, it doesn't work that good. Uh, but I don't want anyone to mm, not to uh, use it because of, I don't know, ju just because of the reason. If you like it and uh, you think it's, uh, it's good and uh, it fits you better because it has simple API and it's easy to use, and you don't care if your transition is like perfect animation at 60 frames per second, uh, then, then then go for it. And it's just a matter of requirements. Because in example, uh, I believe you will waste more time setting up uh, navigation, native navigation on, on mobile and uh, some other kind of navigation on, on web than you to use React navigation. Yeah. So it all depends on what you want to achieve, I think. But for like better quality uh, apps, I would suggest going natively on, on navigation. So I guess with the web stuff, like what would you, like I'm, I guess I'm kind of confused about how you would do navigation then. Are you saying that you would kind of um, not try to handle the navigation in a pl cross-platform way, you would use like a native navigation library for iOS and Android, and then you might use something like React Router for web, and then strictly use the, the universal components as just components themselves. Uh, so something like only use things like buttons and, uh, and, and, and UI elements for the universal application, or is there a way to handle navigation in a cross-platform way? I believe uh, that's what React Navigation is for, to handle it in cross-platform way. Um, but as I said, I'm, I'm not the big fan of it. Uh, so when creating a universal application, I'm rather focusing on creating some kind of universal components, maybe some uh, uh, logic, in example, some reducers which can be reused, uh, some other modules. but. No, not really uh, navigation, but I know that uh, some people are uh, are the fans of of React navigation and this universal approach for this one. So, okay, so I think if I'm hearing you correctly, there's almost like two separate ways to create a universal application. One is to kind of go all in and actually handle everything, including navigation, including like. Um, just everything being consistent on the mobile web as a as well as native uh, the native mm -hmm. app, and then there's another way to kind of think about it is just creating as many reusable components and as many reusable um, data architecture components as well, and then not trying to squeeze things like navigation that really are platform specific and try to mm -hmm. not really squeeze those into both platforms, but kind of take advantage of what works well on native and what works well on web and then things that are not kind of um, able to fit into those boxes kind of then move those things into the universal uh, maybe folder that you're, you have your reusable components in. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think, yeah, I think that, you know, you, you know, they're correct. Uh, and from my personal experience, I, I would, I was just going with the, with the approach where we start from the from the leaf parts of your system, which is the the, the, the components, uh, because you know, like I've seen many apps and I've seen many boilerplates that end up being like a huge one single code base for all the platforms, and that is 
very hard to maintain long term. Not only because all the things are changing, like dependencies of the web, of React Native, of mobile, uh, they, they can even have conflicts, you know, with each other. So if you start structuring your project around a very clever architecture where all these platforms can share code, but don't have to, so it's not a must, it's a feature, then I think you are pretty much set. And, and it's just a matter of choosing whether this particular component uh, uh, it makes sense to share it from the business perspective and from the development perspective. So that's what I would suggest from the from my pers- pers- perspective and experience working on these platforms to kind of try uh, try 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 small try doing small steps first, and once you get settled, start looking uh, for for the bigger parts of the system. What about if someone is kind of also considering a desktop uh, application? As far as not like a desktop native, like a desktop web application. Would, uh, would this be something that they could also use some of their universal application? Because in my mind, I'm thinking what I would probably want to do this with is um, to have like two code bases. One of them would be a desktop version. The other would be a mobile version. And I would try to, to make the mobile version work well on web, iOS, and Android, and, and uh, maybe Windows Phone or whatever. And then I would have my desktop web application kind of be responsive so if someone's like at 900 uh, pixel width or greater, then I show them one view, which is the desktop app. And then if they're below that, I might then show them the mobile application. Would, would a universal application be able to handle desktop or is this strictly something that's mobile only? I believe if you are creating this small universal pieces, like components and logic and uh, stuff like this, then, then yes, then uh, you can use it anywhere. Maybe you will have to adjust it a bit. Maybe you will have to take care of some other things or not to take care of them because, you know, um, it all depends uh, on on use case. But if you are starting from those small pieces and uh, working on them, then they can be reused basically anywhere. I believe that you can even create something which will be used in terminal with React Blast or, or something like this. So that's that's what I suggested at first. Like if you structure your code base correctly, then adding another platform is just a business decision that doesn't actually have an impact on what you have. Because if you couple your code to mobile and web, and then one year down the road, your team wants to launch for like I don't know for for TVOS or maybe yeah. like a or React VR. Yeah, some, yeah, something totally crazy that has a different paradigm mm-hmm. and doesn't even have a navigation stuff. Yeah. Then the the fact that you're sharing navigation is only your limitation that kind of yeah, exactly. requires exactly. factoring. So exactly. That's awesome. That's interesting too. That's uh, that's that really clears it up for me a lot because I was. Uh, there's always these few questions that I have, um, and I've had a few clients and, and people that have kind of asked my opinion on this, and I've only attempted this, I think, once or twice, and both times we ended up going with just a universal like folder, kind of like what you're saying, but we didn't try to squeeze the navigation at, at the time, and we just also kind of agreed that React Navigation wasn't the best uh, option. So we didn't want to um, kind of try to use that. So we ended up with just something like React Router on the web and then um, whatever navigation library on, on uh, iOS and Android. And then we would just have uh, more like our whatever components we could kind of squeeze in as a, as a reusable component, things like UI elements and things like Redux um, and things like that. So. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I might have another question in terms of uh, in terms of development and adding adding platforms. It's, it's good that you never mentioned you know adding a, a desktop app later down the road. I was thinking, like, like what would be your advice or or like how do you see this? Like, what are the benefits and drawbacks of of adding a platform? Because uh, many developers these days with React Native uh, that I see, they, they do iOS apps first. Mm-hmm. They, they all have Macs, they run their apps on iOS, and then just weeks before the launch, uh, everyone checks Android and, and it's like, oh man, this doesn't look even close to any other Android app. So, so what would be your advice and your observations on this topic, whether to start you know, all the platforms at once uh, or maybe just uh, do them in like serially mm-hmm. uh, and what are the, the, the drawbacks of this approach? Yeah, so I believe there is a point when uh, the percent of the code you share, it starts becoming your enemy rather than your friend, you know? Uh, so um, basically uh, what we just said before, uh, my advice is to divide and conquer this kind of topic. So um, if you have like free platforms at the beginning and you are thinking that, yeah, maybe in the future I will add some some additional uh, platform like Windows Phone or, or whatever, uh, then keep it in the mind and uh, like design your architecture uh, smartly because it will all pay off at the end. And yeah, just try to use uh, the fact that you can reuse the stuff between the platforms uh, as, as your friend and uh, try not to let it overcome uh, you and your project. Okay. So um, I guess if someone wanted to get started with building their first universal app, are there any resources out there for them to kind of take a look at? I know I mentioned your slide deck. I think that's a really good resource um, I forgot where that's located, but yeah, just if someone wanted to kind of get started with this, what would you recommend them as far as resources are concerned? Yeah, so as always, when it comes to React or React Native development, I can uh, recommend blog.callstack.io. There are uh, many articles, and I think something uh, will will be covering the universal development. If not, I will try to write down something real real soon. Uh, but also there is uh, our GitHub and there is uh, MindTalk, who, who did you uh, just mentioned? And also there is a boilerplate to use. And I think any other resources, maybe the documentation of React XP uh, or dig around try to search for React Native Web, React Primitives, React XP, and I believe there is there are many articles over the web uh, who can make this topic uh, a little bit clearer for you. Yeah, we, uh, we, we haven't really even gone, I guess, into some of these other platforms like you mentioned, React XP, React Native Web, and um, React Primitives. Let's, let's quickly go over those three just to kind of give listeners an idea of what they are um, yeah, so just start, I guess, with uh, React XP, and we'll go from there. Okay, uh, so React XP is, I believe, uh, the library developed by Windows, who is designed to uh, create the really cross-platform apps for iOS, Android, uh, Windows Phone, and for web as well. 
I have to admit that uh, I didn't use it in production. I only had the chance to play play with it. Uh, but it seems like a really solid tool. So definitely worth checking out. Uh, the second one is React Primitives. Mm, so I'm actually uh, a bit sad because I know that this library is not very maintained at the moment. Uh, when I was creating my workshop, I had to uh, like do some tweaks because it was the moment when uh, React 16 got released and many things got changed and uh, React Primitives wasn't uh, working very, very well for me then. And uh, I just checked and uh, they still depend on React 15 something. So if you don't care about the latest release of React and you are fine with React 15 and some older version of React Native, then React Primitives are really a good tool to use. Uh, but also they depend on the third solution we have, React Native Web, which is just a like, set of um, components for the web with the same API as, as React Native has. So you can basically uh, just create an alias in your web from React Native to React Native Web and use and write the same code as you would uh, write in React Native. I guess would the process be different if you were building an app with uh, React primitives um, or React Native Web, or would it be kind of similar to what we talked about so far? I think it will be uh, similar because, like, I can imagine that uh, setting up React Native Web in the correct way would help you achieve the basically the same. Um, things that you would achieve with uh, React Primitives and with React XP as well. But React XP, I guess, is a bit different there because you have the, the different CLI. You're using uh, their CLI to initialize app. And also you have the Windows support, which React Primitives or React Native Web doesn't give you. Does your company provide, uh, do you do development right now, I guess, with clients? doing uh, universal applications? Yeah, I think we, we have some of the projects which which contains the code bases for uh, web and mobile. Um, actually, even I am working with the guys who, who have React Native App and uh, they have their node module with the uh, co components which they use also in uh, their web page, and also I'm using it while developing their app. Uh, so I guess it gets pretty popular th this kind of approach. Yeah, we got we got like a lot of requests from our clients. Pretty much every time they do reach out to us, uh, this topic comes up. You know, in terms of like what's what like to what degree I can share my existing web React app and kind of get it mobile. Um, my, my personal belief that I'm kind of trying to like advertise everywhere is that like a lot of people, especially from 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 web, are coming to React Native because of React, and so that that's a natural question that arises every time we are talking about the project. So as Mike mentioned, we we have a lot of them. Uh, like for, for uh, you know the the number obviously changes every month because we are rotated across different clients and projects on a kind of monthly basis. 
But, you know, I, I would say that I, like we've been observing uh, an increased interest recently. Mm-hmm. So I feel like as React Native matures, um, the, the, the more people will look into kind of YouTube, using it and, and kind of benef- benefiting from, from, from the native thing that, that React Native can, can actually offer you. All right. Well, with that, I think it's a good time to go ahead and get to the picks. Mike G, do you have any picks for us today? Uh, actually, uh, like I don't have any link to share. The just just two cool things that I wanted to to, to mention. Uh, the first one is that I've been recently playing around with Flutter and and, and Kotlin, uh, and I really encourage everyone on on the React Native community to go uh, beyond the the React ecosystem, JS ecosystem, and look into these alternatives because they are pretty pretty fun. Uh, you, we can actually learn a lot from them. Uh, from the from the different concept uh, that they have and uh, and their perspective onto the, the the sharing mobile code, and the other thing which might which will no longer be relevant when this podcast is probably being published is is the the React Native RC version that I'm trying to publish right now, which is 0.51. Uh, recently, we've been working quite a while uh, on on Circle C. I set up migrating from one to two, and quite a few things broke. So we are trying to get it green again and up and running, but you know it's not it's not an easy thing. So uh, I've been unable to release an RC version for the past two weeks because of these failures. So I'm really hoping to do it, you know, before this podcast gets published. So in case you are listening to this and the RC is not yet out, uh, that means we we kind of are still fighting, you know. But I'm hoping that this will uh, that this won't be long. All right, Mike. Other Mike, do you have any picks? Mm, so, as Michael already mentioned, uh, the Kotlin example, and this is the perfect example, I, I would say, to uh, show that maybe share, higher percent of sharing is not always uh, better. So, this one thing to remind, and also I recommend you to check out the repos I mentioned, so React XP, React Native Web, and React Primitives. So um, uh, regarding the Kotlin example, is, is, is that just basically writing an Android app using Kotlin and using the existing Android APIs? Is that kind of what you're talking about? Um, not really, because uh, Kotlin native just got released and you can write some, uh, maybe I, I, apps, I would say, some code in Kotlin which will be uh, run on, on iOS and Linux and uh, some other other kind of environments. So this is one thing, and also there is Kotlin JS, I guess. So they have the different approach, but uh, I know that uh, it would be possible to, in example, write Kotlin code, uh, which will be good for both Android, iOS, and for the web as well. Ah, okay, great. Um, maybe we'll have to do a show actually on that soon. That sounds cool. Okay, my picks are, the first one is two blog posts about React Native and iPhone X. One of them is from me on my Medium blog. Um, and then the other is actually from someone also from CallStack, Raul Gomez Acuna. And he goes into a little more depth about um, integrating React Native with iPhone X. Um, so if you have any you know, interest in that, there's two pretty good blog posts there. And then my uh, last pick is AWS Amplify. It's from the AWS mobile team. It's kind of a way to integrate some of the cloud-based solutions from AWS Mobile into uh, React Native. They have a React Native SDK, and um, they also have a JavaScript SDK. So it's at um, 
It's at GitHub slash AWS slash AWS dash Amplify. It allows you to do things like um, analytics and um, authentication and stuff like that. It's pretty cool. It's really easy to get to get started with. All right. Well, Mike and Mike, thank you for coming on to the show today. I think we covered uh, a lot in a pretty good short amount of time. Yeah. yeah thank <laughs> you for having me. And it's been a while since the last time I joined the podcast, but I'm kind of planning to make it better and, and hoping to join the, 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 the following um, episodes as well. Yeah. Awesome. Well, you're welcome anytime, both of you, actually. <laughs> yeah, I would also would like to, to thank. It was my first time in podcasts, uh, but I'm looking forward to uh, joining you in the future as well. Yeah, absolutely. You did a really good job, too, by the way. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, I, I have to say that, you know, as a first time doing podcasts, uh, yeah, it's, it's been pretty great. Like, I remember my first time, <laughs> I was like... I'm going to die. Yeah, I'm... you know, when we just started, I was so stressed. But uh, then yeah. when we started talking, actually, it, it was all good. So <laughs> good, yeah, good. I think that, you know, another podcasts are one of the one of the actually you, your podcast is the only one that I've ever joined. But I have to tell you that it's kind of nice formula because the the recording itself is just like a conversation. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, so maybe a reach out to all the listeners listening to, to, to this podcast right now. If you have any topic to talk about that you'd like to share, please join because this is just like a conversation that you might have on a regular days. So, yeah, true that. <laughs> it's, pretty, it's pretty relaxing and cool. fun stuff. All right. Well, uh, this episode will be out next week. And thank you for listening. And again, we'll see everyone uh, next week. See you. Right, cool. See you.